Hello and welcome. I'm Jules B., your host of Behind the Labels, a label-free podcast premium production. Go with me behind the scenes as I dive into the lives of our guests. Each episode will feature unconventional questions that invoke joy, sorrow, and sometimes silence. Come on in, take a seat, and let's start this conversation. All right. Thank you so much for your patience and holiday. Okay. This is Behind the Label. This is where we have a quick conversation before moving forward. My questions to you may be a bit unconventional. Uh, there's no right or wrong answer. You have permission okay. to speak freely. Okay. Thanks. So you're welcome. Here's what I found out about you. Okay. I found out that you were married. For many years, you were a stay-at-home mom, got two children, you realized that your husband was addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. and you had experienced, like, financial, emotional, and sexual abuse from him. Mm-hmm. And this turned into uh, sex trafficking. That's correct. So you talk about how you spent nights on the floor crying. You talk about uh, you did that until one day. You ran for the door. Right. And since then, you've been doing everything possible to heal. Therapy and other techniques. Mm-hmm. And you want to share your story because there are others out there like you. You are an advocate for your children. You are an advocate and mentor for other women and teens who have suffered from trauma and abuse. So that is what I found out about you, Michelle. What would you like to add to that? That I still am experiencing some of that emotional or financial abuse, for sure, now. Um, But I I cannot, yes. And even though I have been divorced for almost four years, it affected myself and my children, um, who are starting to see some of the actions that their father does. Um, I haven't been near him or seen him in four years, five years, and I choose not to for lots of reasons, obviously. But um, I keep pushing myself going forward. And I'm sometimes on the floor, but it's very different. I'm on the floor again, but I'm on the floor and my eyes are up to the sky. And mm-hmm. my hands are out and it, it's more in prayer form and more in gratitude than it is in helplessness. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, there there are there are some moments that are still very tough. Um, but I have to remember that I'm out. I made it. You know, July fourth is coming and I, I plan on really thinking about freedom and what that word means to everybody. It means something different from our ancestors than to us. It means right. something different than my grandmother, great grandmother, than to me. And right. and so, you know, that's something that I really cherish, that word. Um, so as far as, you know, anything else, I think that's pretty much it. You know, I'm on a mission now. I survived. Um, I, I, well, I don't want to say I wasn't supposed to. I was obviously supposed to, but I don't think that someone or some people around me didn't want me to and yeah. or to tell my story. So it is a little dangerous for me still. Um, but I wasn't going to wait 
until the stars aligned and everything was perfect because I got that calling that my mission is to help anyone who has been through trauma, especially something so severe. Yeah. So there are so many questions that I have, but I'll say no, because, you know, I want you to be able to talk to Deanna and I don't want to take anything away from that because that's unscripted. But I'm sure like so many women, you said to yourself, I will never let a man disrespect me. I will never let a man treat me as an certain way. I will not stay for that. So my question to you is, how did you get trapped in that relationship where you had to finally run away? Why couldn't you walk away? Um, because I would be out with my ex-husband and we'd be out to dinner and I'd have a couple of sips of a cocktail and I'd wake up somewhere that I didn't know how I got there. I would, I would pass out on the bathroom floor. I'd be fine one minute and the next minute I wasn't. Um, I would end up in somebody's home and I didn't know how I got there. And it's one thing if you've had five, six, seven cocktails, but you're talking maybe one, if even that, maybe one and a half. And, you know, I'm a very strong, healthy person and I'm a healthcare worker. So I knew something wasn't right. I knew what I was feeling wasn't right. I knew my behavior wasn't right. And I didn't know what the cause of it was. And I knew that if I did not leave, I would not be alive. I wouldn't have lasted another week, I say. Not at all. So how many years did it take you lying on the floor and waking up and not knowing where you were? You know, it started out very gradually. And, um, you know, the whole grooming process really is a true thing. And I didn't realize it. Um, I didn't know who I got married. You know, I knew I stood in front of our whole family, their religious ceremony, and, you know, he was come over and he was doing drugs during my ceremony. Really? And, yeah, and I didn't know this until after somebody came up and said that he had offered something. And all his friends had done it. They were all college buddies, you know. And I didn't know he had I didn't know he had done that. I had never done it before. I came from a very traditional religious home. You know, I mean, very spiritual. We love God. We believe in that. And this person um, posed himself as being that similar person. That's what they do. They find out everything about you, and they become the person that you want them to be. Yeah. So did you ever say? Did you ever say to him, "If you don't stop this, I'm going to leave you," and he? might say something like, please don't leave me, I'll do better. There was some of that at that point. So what happened was, it was good for about 17 years oh. because I had a very traditional home. You know, I did holiday dinners. I did fundraising for different organizations. I have two children. They're both special needs. I had a team of doctors and teachers and tutors and advocates help kids. I the right. Um, I advocated for other children. I would belong to women's organization. I did leadership and all of that. So and he would leave I come home at the table. So I really didn't know what he was doing And nobody really did actually in his business and so um, 
So it appears to be very good. It was good at happy we went on family trip. Um, that, what anyone else would look like in the terrain, it looks perfect, so to speak, if there is even that. And then what happened I lost someone who's very close to me side and I went to the funeral by myself, came home, and I said, I really want to live my life for myself and for her. And he, it was, it was like a light bulb went on for him, like, okay, now she's going to join my side of the fence, which I didn't know what was going on. So I didn't know what that meant to him. So I say figuratively and literally, he took my hands and he brought me down this dark path that he was involved in, which, you know, included the alcohol and the drugs and the deviancy that which was there. And again, he started off very slowly. Let's go out and do date night. Oh, let's do this. Just a little sexier. Let's go to this place. It has a sexy vibe to it. And then slowly it went into the the putting me on display, the trafficking, having me perform. And, you know, there was so much of the coercion and intoxicating me that I couldn't even say no. When I there was guilt and shame given to me. When I would say no, it was himself and his friends trying to keep me quiet or putting their hand over a mouth or, you know, all of that. It was being in the back of a club where security was at the door and I couldn't get out. And it was all men in there. It was even a situation privately, but very scary, actually. And so one one might say, one might ask, okay, you had... 17 great years. Right. And then it came. Yes. So when it came, and you knew it had came, one still might ask, why do you stay? A lot of people have asked me, even my family. So what he had done was, again, I, I said I was from a large family. He alienated yeah. me from everybody. All I, of my friends. Was, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. all of my yeah. All of my friends, like from all of these different organizations, he no longer wanted to do, you know, the couples fun fundraiser that you know we had on the Saturday night. He wanted to, do, you know, wanted to love this group of people or this group, this group because they did drugs and they drank and whatever it was they wanted to do. So, so he, I know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. so because of that, I lost. I lost the connection to people that were real, that were down to earth, um, that would have looked at me and said, something's off. Um, I have heard now that people saw pictures of me and thought that, but nobody approached me. My family was completely alienated because he, he said terrible things about me and he turned even me against them. And it's funny, he didn't know that journaled. Um, I have recently read something that I wrote, you know, many years ago about how um, I, in this situation, how he turned me against them. And it, it, so I was by myself, I was alone and I was alone with the people that I thought were my friends. It wasn't everyone taking advantage of me. It was, it was women that pretended they were like my sisters. It was men that pretended like they were my brothers, but then when they got that moment, they took advantage of me emotionally and physically. And, you know, I walked in with an open heart and they would say, why are you so nice? You know, and I would come into someone's house with, you know, a 
become homemade cookies because that's what I, how I was raised, you know, and they're like, what are you doing? We're all holding our red solo. We're here at a party. We don't, you know, but I don't walk into a house without a gift. And they, they realized that I was different than them in that regard. So would, so, would, mm-hmm. would you say that the alienation, so you said you had 17 good years. So would you say that he took those 17 years and made sure that you felt that they were good so he could alienate you? Yeah, so he could do yeah. whatever he wanted to do after yeah. what that's that's right. Split. Let me give you seven years. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you'll oh, believe yeah. me and then when I start acting up, you know, you'll be so doubtful that it's me and you won't believe it that you'll basically take whatever I did. Right. Well he would say it's me and you against the world. And, you know, he told me afterwards, like towards the end, that he was going out getting, you know, happy ending massages or he'd be getting massages in his room in Vegas on a work trip. And I'd be like, okay, your back hurts. I didn't know. I was so naive. You know, again, I wasn't raised with any of it. Yeah. And so I didn't know from that. And, you know, my best friends from childhood, who are still my closest friends, didn't do this kind of behavior. So we, we didn't know. And, you know, it's one thing to do that behavior and keep it to yourself amongst your friends. But I was dragged into it. And then I was used as a pawn. You know, he put me on a table and say, you know, do whatever you want. Or let me show you what I can have her do or whatever it was. It was just, it was horrible. It really was. And it took me a good couple of years to figure out what I was going to, because I had also no money. Even though I, I stopped working as a licensed healthcare worker because I was home to take care of those kids. And, and luckily I did, but it also prevented me, as it does most women who are going to mothers, um, it, it prevents us from, from jumping out because we're like, how are we going to, how are we going to support ourselves? How are we going to do this? You know, and the self-esteem at that point is gone. It's nothing. And it's like, I need this guy. I'm not going to survive out there. And I have no ability. That's how it felt. And, um, and, and that's what, but I knew that when my, when my life was on the line, that I didn't have a choice because I had to remain alive for my family and my kids. Wow. And that's, that's just, I'm listening to what they're saying. And I'm sitting here thinking, not gone through that. And just being real, saying to myself, mm-hmm. at what point did, at what point wasn't your life on the line? Well, actually, you're absolutely right. You know, and, and what, and what we talk, you're right. In, in relationships, our lives are always on the line. So to yeah, they are. Our, our they feelings, are. our vulnerabilities, they're always on the line. Absolutely. At what point for anyone? Is yep. their life on the line? So, right. Then my life all, through all of your ups and downs, Michelle. Tell me something that never changed about you. Well, what never changed, and I right. say this, and I will always say this, is that my love for people will never change, no matter who hurt me, no matter who deceives me. Um, forgiveness I'm still working on, but I just I want everyone to do what they need to do in their life and be happy. Just stay away from me. Um, but 
it's not it's not going to stop me from helping to take care of people or to wish well or to you know to smile at everyone on the street and wish them a good day and if somebody does a great job I make sure to tell them I'm their boss and so it's actually made me more humble in that regard um, and I've always been like that because he also knew all of my insecurities so I grew up I was heavy child pregnancies I gained a lot of weight all of that and you know he used to make fun of me and he, he told everyone that so um, it was it, like a learning with almost like a childhood child because I had all these this you know like you know walking walking away from it and looking back I can see that but and even more so now, the the level of empathy I have for people is so much greater because everyone has a story. Everyone has, has pain and childhood wounds and everyone's got something. And it's okay, just don't hurt other people because of it. And that's one of the hardest things for people to do because we like to pass things off at other people. Absolutely. You know, we, we, right. That old same misery like company. But a lot of times, when you pass it off, it's worse than what was done before. And it just right. is getting worse, worse right. than what they're working. So, right. here's my last question to you. Many mothers have experienced guilt in, in staying in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. because. They want to believe that they've done everything that they could to protect the yeah. child or children. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to forgive yourself? So I don't need to forgive myself when it comes to my children because those weekends that I slept two to four hours because she'd want to be out um, and that I wouldn't sleep. Um, no matter how little sleep I got, I still got up and showed up for my kids. I was always the primary caregiver. Even in the good days, I was always the one that got up and took care of them and their and and their friends and everybody. That was me. Um, that never changed, and it still hasn't changed. So I guess I guess I'm asking. It's tired of heart to keep all of that hidden from your children at a certain that, time. Well, unfortunately, what happened was, um, I can answer this in a couple of ways. So when my child, when my youngest, she was 12 and even 11, she was in the back seat. We brought it at just the three of us. And he got upset with me and he, over something very silly, and she, she like perked herself up and she said to him, Dad, stop yelling at Mom. And that's when I knew. I knew that I had to end this because that to me was worse than anything. Mm. Honestly, I can put myself and be a martyr or I can put myself as part of it and disassociate at those moments that I did. But when I heard her say that, I knew that I could not let her see what was going to happen because I knew it was going to escalate. And it did. And it did. But I talked to her all the time. I talked very openly with both my kids about everything. Um, my oldest saw the hole in the wall that he put. My oldest 
my oldest would, you know, see his father come home very drunk and would have to put him in his bed or chase him down the street when he would run at the door when he was drunk. Or go pick him up or go pick him up. He still has to do that. Go pick him up and put him in his back seat and drive him home or get his car that he left at the bar because he had to Uber home. So as far as the guilt, I don't have mom guilt. The hardest part is me forgiving myself. And I didn't even realize I had to. And somebody had said to me that that was what I had to do. And and I thought about it. And, you know, she said I was... um, so I was raised by some really strong women. You know, I'm all about the female ancestors, you know, because, yeah, those, I mean, those gals, like the, the women before us, they, they were tough and they had to be. And, you know, I always say their blood is running through our veins and that's in us. So I was always tough, but for some reason I gave my power away to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know exactly when that happened. It happened before I said I wanted to really enjoy my life. It happened probably when I said I do after only knowing him for two months in front of, you know, 60 people. We proposed it. Okay. So, so, I mean, I should have known that. Now I know better, but, you know, that's 30 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, red flags, ladies, if they ask you, you know, in less than six months, that's a problem. If they ask you in front of a group of people in less than six months, run. The other question is right. And I address, you know. Okay. No fun. I've and there you have it, my love. And it's her. So that's fine. So just you know, okay. fine. we're not as divided as we are disconnected, Michelle. I agree. I thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Behind the Labels, a label-free podcast premium production. We hope this conversation has reminded you of the power of your voice and the importance of taking the best steps to live a more fulfilled life. Make sure you like, follow, comment, and share. And for more content, check out the Label Free Podcast with our fabulous host, Deanna. And remember, we all have choices. We all have goals. We all make mistakes. But it doesn't have to be behind a label.